This is the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast, coming to you from the heart of Honolulu, Hawaii. Hui Kala is a dynamic family of faith committed to solid Bible teaching, discipleship, and helping you grow in your faith. Grab your Bible and prepare to dig deep into the Word with Pastor Anthony King. James chapter 5, we're starting in verse number 17. I'm taking notes tonight. I've entitled tonight's uh, message, very simple, ordinary. James chapter 5, verse number 17. Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and rain not on the earth but a space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Really simple uh, couple of verses here. It just talks about Elijah, and, and James kind of makes the case that Elijah was a guy that struggled stuff with stuff the same way that you and I struggle with stuff. But Elijah prayed, and God heard him. The previous verse, verse number 16, says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And as we begin to look at getting the gospel around the world through missions, let's take a look at, first of all, what does it mean to the gospel? If you get nothing out of tonight's message, hear this. You and I have broken God's law. God has set rules for you and I to follow. We've broken them, whether it's the Ten Commandments or the other hundreds of commandments in the Bible. You and I have broken what God said don't do. We did that. Uh, What God told us to do, we've neglected to do. And because of that, we've sinned against God. Anytime God says do this and we break that, the Bible calls that sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've broken God's law. You have too. There's none righteous, the Bible says. No, not one. Because of our sin, uh, if there's a law, there always has to be consequences for breaking the, the law. Just God is the same way. There's consequences for sinning against God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. You and I will die one day and spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. Hell's real. It burns with real fire. It lasts for all of eternity. There's no second chances. And you can't get out of hell once you're there. And the Bible says that's what I deserve because I've sinned against God. And that's what you deserve because you've sinned against God. uh, And that's the rules. But here's the thing. Because God loves you and I so much, he was willing to send his son Jesus to die on our behalf. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. But God commendeth or demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God says, I don't want you to go to hell. I'm going to send my son Jesus to die in your place. So it works like this. I was supposed to be punished for my sin, but Jesus was punished for me. I was supposed to endure the wrath of God for my sin. Jesus took God's wrath for me. I was supposed to die, but Jesus died in my place. We call that the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ. Jesus became a sacrifice as payment for my sin and payment for your sin. But here's the catch. And again, if you get nothing else, get this tonight. You must make a decision to believe that and receive it. Because that's the only way that your sin will ever be taken care of. I must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I must believe that Jesus died for my sins. I must believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And I'm toast without him. And I must believe that I have broken God's law and I need his forgiveness. And when I do that, and when I believe that in my heart, and I confess that with my mouth, the Bible says I am saved. 
Another word for that, born again. And Jesus says this in John chapter 3, verse number 3, no man shall enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So friend, you need to make sure, again, if you hear nothing else tonight, you need to know for sure that you are saved, that you have been born again, that your sins are forgiven. Because the moment that you take your last breath here on planet Earth, it's lights out for you, and there is no other opportunity after that to have your sins forgiven. You'll experience nothing but God's punishment for all of eternity. We call that story that I told you the gospel. It's the good news of what Jesus has done for you so that you don't have to suffer when you die. So that you and I, when we die, if our sins are forgiven, if we've been born again, we don't go to, to hell, we go to heaven instead. We don't have to pay for all the wrong that we've done because Jesus paid it on the cross on our behalf. But that requires faith and repentance on your part. And once you've been born again, uh, the good news is, is you become a child of God. That story of the gospel, it's estimated that 50% of the world's population has never heard the gospel a single solitary time, not even once. And of those that have heard the gospel, the large percentage of the people who have heard the gospel reject the gospel. Yeah, I don't need that. I got my own thing going on. I'm not religious. Hey, when I get there, I'll take it up with the big guy upstairs. I don't have to worry about anything. I, I'm, I'm good. And so for those that have heard the gospel, many of them reject the gospel. That's problematic because now we have the majority of the world's population going to hell either because they don't care or don't know. Now, you and I can't do anything about the ones who don't care. That's not our job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit, which you and I are not. But we can do something about the ones who don't know. That we can, we can do. If it's a, a knowledge problem, we can fix it. Now, here's the interesting thing about getting the gospel around the world. It's the responsibility of every Christian to get the gospel to the world. Amen. Responsibility. But the question is how? I don't know about you, but like probably three years ago, I think the idea of getting the gospel to every person on the planet is a daunting task. I mean, how can you do something of such a massive scale in such a short time? Well, a couple of things, problems with that. We haven't been given a short time. Christ suffered, bled, died, and ascended 2,000 years ago. And so by this point, it should be common knowledge that Jesus died for sinners. But unfortunately, it's not. So First of all, we've had 2,000 years to get the job done, but we haven't accomplished it. But here's the thing that struck me two and a half years or so ago. If there's a message that's important enough, we can get it to everybody ad nauseum. If the message is this, stay home if you're sick. If you feel bad, take a test. Wash your hands. Stay six feet apart. Protect yourself. If that's the message, and it's so important that if you fail to follow those rules, you will die, we can get that to six billion people in a matter of a couple of weeks. So it's doable, right? For sure. But what's the problem? There's no urgency with the message of the gospel. Why? Do we really believe that people are going to die and go to hell? Well, of course we do. But there's no urgency with it, right? Got it. Okay. We don't feel compelled to let everybody know that. 
we're not trying to get that message around the world. Look, I, for ages, I was in Lowe's. I spent probably the first three months of uh, our lockdown in Lowe's because, first of all, it was an essential place to be. Uh, secondly, while you, you couldn't gather more than 10 people in a place, you could stand in the lumber section at Lowe's with 60 other people waiting to get their boards cut. Uh, and so it was kind of like this, um, I don't know, sanctuary of sanity for a moment. But over and over and over again, if you're sick and uh, stay at home, you know, it, it cough into your elbow. It was, con- it was the early days when they told you you should cough into your elbow. And, but Lowe's never replaced their recording. So like nine months in, they're like, cough into your elbow. It's like, dude, I've got three masks on. I couldn't cough into my elbow if I wanted to. But, but here's the thing. Like, it was such an important message that we got it to six plus billion people in a matter of weeks because it was so important. Is the gospel not as important? I think it's considerably more important. I think it's more, here's the thing, sin is far more lethal than any other sickness that we've ever had before. Sin is fatal 100% of the time. And here's the great part of it. There is a safe and effective remedy for our sin that is 100% effective. And has no side effects. And his name is Jesus. So we got to get this message around the world how? Well, the Bible gives us clear guidelines on how to do that. First of all, we're commanded to pray, we're commanded to give, and we're commanded to go. Jesus says this. Jesus meets the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And then he says, he's talking to his apostles afterwards. And the people begin to come out of the city, and, and he says, you've heard that there's plenty of time until the harvest. I'm telling you, the harvest is white already unto harvest. And here's what Jesus says. He says that the, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So here's what he says. Pray that God would send more laborers into his harvest. So we're commanded to pray. That's a, that's a given. Secondly, we're commanded to give. First of all, we're commanded to give our tithes and our offerings to our local church. That's how we function is by people tithing and giving. If you've ever wondered how we have 7,000 square feet of prime real estate 50 yards from the largest outdoor shopping center in the world, and we're able to cool to frigid temperatures 7,000 square feet, I'm just saying. If you've ever wondered how that's possible, tithing. So for everybody who said tithing isn't biblical, we don't need to tithe, or somebody else will do that, we're going to set you in the hot section with no AC. <laughs> but here's the thing. How do we do ministry here? By the sacrificial giving of God's people. We tithe. That's how we operate who we call a Baptist church and fulfill the mission that God's given us of reaching our city with the gospel by the tithes and offerings of God's people. And, and this is not a message on tithing, but if you don't tithe, you should. Uh, and I'll give you a hundred reasons why if you want them. But that's how we function here. And, and to help you understand tithing, for those of you that might be new to this, 10% of your gross income automatically goes to God automatically off the top. That's why we call it first fruit giving. Before Uncle Sam gets his cut, Social Security gets his cut, uh, I pay my health insurance or I pay my uh, car payment or car insurance, God gets his cut right off the top. First fruit giving, 10% automatically goes to God. Now, if you can imagine... of the giving of our church family here in America, one of the richest nations in the history of the world, probably a little bit different than the 10% giving of the people in Papua New Guinea. 
two things we were to say, the tithe of a typical person in the churches that you guys uh, serve in, what would you say? Monthly basis. A dollar. That's 10% of someone's income for a month. That means they make $10 a month. That should cause us to stop for just a second and say, okay, first of all, we're stupid blessed. Like ridiculously over the top blessed. Secondly, if I have some people, I'm not saying everybody, if I have so much money that I'm not even sure what to do with it, could I use some of that to help these folks in Papua New Guinea that are trying to tell people about Jesus? Could I do that? Would God have me to do that? As opposed to like, hey, should I get a boat when I move back to the mainland so I'm going to start a boat fund? Or, hey, I've been looking at those really cool trucks. I think I'm going to start a truck fund. Hey, I can't, uh, you know, do enough with my money so I'm going to find something to do. Could I help somebody whose church family would sacrificially give a dollar a month? I want to get in on that. How do, I, how do I do that? I do that through my giving. And so Angela and I, for the last two decades, we've tithed and we've given to missions every single paycheck that we've ever gotten in the last 20 years because that's where our priorities are at. Now, let me just say this. This is, even, this is the intro to tonight's message, so you should feel blessed, okay? No lie. Over the last 20 years, where we lived was always determined by our budget based on what we gave first. Top line item of our budget has always been giving to the Lord. Everything else takes a back seat to that. There are places that we could have stayed in a, a nicer apartment had we not tithed. There's places where we could have driven nicer cars if we didn't tithe. There were times we took our kids to the KOA campground because we could get a camping space for $10 a night and we put up a camp that we, uh, uh, a tent that we bought at Ross. And we told our kids how much tent camping was so much fun. We didn't, why? Because we're broke. Why? Well, we could have taken a nice vacation had we not tithed. But we set that as a priority for us. And here's the thing. Guess what? God's blessed our family over two decades of faithfulness to God because he always does. And so we pray, we give, and here's the other part that we do. We go. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always until the end of the world. Amen. Great commission. It's repeated in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Five times Jesus tells us to go and baptize, teach. So we're supposed to go. Good. So yesterday we had a community outreach. Uh, we went out to our neighborhoods, invited people to church, uh, left the invites on people's front doors, stuff like that. Uh, met a couple this morning, sat over here in this section. Handshaking time. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Hey, I'm Anthony. Uh, they told me their names. And I said, how did you guys hear about our church? And they said, we came home yesterday, and there was a flyer left on our front door. Eh, how about that? I'll call that a win. Well, well here's the thing I want to know. Well, like, what street was it on? And <laughs> You were thinking the same thing, weren't you? So what street was it on? Because, like, I was out there yesterday. Like, it, it, it might have been, like, well, <laughs> it don't matter. That's the great part about it. Because everybody else that went and hung out a, a flyer yesterday, they were sowing seed too. We all rejoice when there's an increase. Yeah. 